We have reached episode 45, and that means another session of questions and answers with Alexander. This is a time where you have the opportunity to ask us about specific situations that you need guidance on in your life. Our next Q&A will be episode 60, and you can start sending in questions now by contacting us on Facebook or emailing us at aaron at wise-wise.com. And I will spell that out for you, A-A-R-O-N at wise-wise.com. These episodes are a reminder for us to pause and hold gratitude for your interest in self-growth and the wisdom we share with each episode. Looking forward to the next 15 and to follow all of your growth as well. Let's journey. Wise with Aaron and Alexander uncovering our authentic self through self-awareness conscious communication and emotional responsibility so we have hit episode 45 which means it is another Q&A with Alexander so we do these every 15 episodes and I think we're, we're coming up on our 50th milestone, which I think we should be able to hit by end of the year. I think that would be pretty cool to do that. So we're going to jump right in, Alexander. We have four questions from our audience. So we're very grateful for their participation, of course. Absolutely. And, Thank you guys so much. And anytime you guys have questions, uh, the best way to reach us would be in our Facebook community group where we usually have a post going on about questions to ask for our next Q&A. But of course, you can reach us at our email address, either alexander at wise-wise.com or aaron at wise-wise.com and send in your question and we will have it for the next Q&A. And we always love your comments as well. So um, the Facebook community page is interactive and uh, there are a lot of beautiful people on there sharing um, just life experiences. So join us. All right. Question one actually has to do with a specific episode, which was actually the first Reflections episode that we ever did with Ian and Ryan. This listener asks, after you lost Sherry to cancer and then lost the boys right after, mm -hmm. what techniques did you utilize to overcome all of the loss and despair that you must have felt? Well, really, it uh, typically goes back into this work and the just philosophy, and I can't express the importance of the five pillars. And the one I pulled on the most was truly setting my faith sternly in either everything's divinely guided or it's not. And that for whatever reason, I needed to go through that experience. And now, of course, 11 years later, I'm able to look back and see the person that I was, the person that I am, the work that I do. And I couldn't do the work that I do now without that experience. It gave me an opportunity to uh, practice non-attachment, true unconditional love, 
the acceptance of one of the other pillars that this is the plane of polarity. Uh, so we're going to experience, if you experience love, you're probably going to experience hate at some point. So it's really about acceptance. There's many people out there that has uh, different faiths, different beliefs. Uh, many people even preach them and project them onto others. But the proof of the pudding, so to say, is always in when something challenging comes in one's life. And does the person practice what they've been preaching? And so before I could ever develop uh, this philosophy, this podcast, uh, I had to go through opportunities to practice all of this work. And this is exactly, uh, if you listen to the podcast and you start in the beginning and you get the, the pillars, all of this stuff is laid out and it is a lot of information and it's going to be coming in written form very soon. But it's a process that we have to change the way that we are perceiving the situation because as soon as we uh, perceive loss, as soon as we perceive something negative, our energy starts to leak and drain, and we make poorer and poorer decisions. So the whole concept of wellness is, is energetic wellness, subtle energy wellness, is that you're either charging your energy field or you're depleting it. There's really not much in between um, even when we're resting, it's charging or depleting, depending on our dream state and rest state. So that's important to to remember. So these challenges that come in life, I've just spoken of it very lightly, but believe me, it was the biggest challenge that I've been through in my life. And it did take me a full seven-year cycle to work on healing that. But I worked on it every day, and I utilized all of the processing through the um, – through the just philosophy, but it's always started with the pillars because as soon as I can remind myself to find the divine order in the chaos is the first pillar. The second pillar is everyone is your teacher and every situation has the opportunity to give you a lesson. The third one is polarity versus duality. The fourth one is emotional accountability and responsibility. And the fifth one is everything is vibration. So see, these pillars are such a goldmine because they, they redirect. Remembering the three R's from this work is recognize, respect, and redirect. And this is the beginning of that, that you need to redirect your perception or you're going to be draining your energy. So that's what the pillars, all five of those help remind me to change the direction of my thinking. And so that's where it started is through acceptance because typically one has to accept before any change can take place. And we fool ourselves through acceptance. And this is where we need to learn to be just more truthful with ourselves. So, so it was a big challenge, but um, the process of the, uh, what we discuss here on the podcast uh, was a big tool that I utilized through, through all of those challenges. So I will come in here and ask a follow-up since we have a little more time on this question. We try to give a good 10-minute segment for each. What was the impact of losing the boys after losing Sherry? And had you understood that that was going to happen as you were, as it was, mm. it was clear that, that Sherry was going to pass on? Yeah. Well, the challenge for me was is that I was very confident that I could win a custody battle over their biological father 
to have at least 100 people behind me, and he would struggle to find one person to be behind him. So I had to set that to the side and see what I felt like was for the overall good of everyone involved, especially the boys. And I do feel that children need to experience their biological parents. It, or need is a, is a strong word. It can be useful for people to experience their biological parents rather than hearing other people talk about them. So the boys at this time were 15 years old. It's a very impactful time, also a very rebellious time. So part of the decision was to allow him to take them rather than take my anger out on him or that situation. And I do feel like it wound up being the right thing. And then two and a half years later, after they turned 18, uh, a situation occurred where they needed to come back and move back in with me. With that said, I am going to be honest here to say that while that was a challenge and, and it took some effort to really overcome to not express that anger, and this is very important, to not express that anger on another person and to process it yourself. It also gave me room because I still saw the boys uh, at least every other weekend, if not every weekend. And I lived about 25 minutes away, and they knew I was a phone call away. And so during that time, uh, that some of that space gave me time to do the healing that I needed to do rather than what many people will do is be distracted in taking care of the kids and not focusing on their own healing. So I do want to say that that I benefited from that arrangement as well, even though it was hard to overcome the emotions that were involved. Of course, I didn't want to lose my boys. I was losing my whole tribe at one time. But keeping that mindset of for the overall good of everyone involved was very important for me, and uh, I do promote that to to many people to at least consider that because sometimes that pause of considering everyone involved can give you time to receive a message that uh, you may have not gotten uh, otherwise. So, um, so we are shining light on the on the five pillars here, and um, there's so much more uh, through the different techniques. But it was a wonderful question. But the first thing is to get to acceptance, and that was my biggest challenge, and that's what the five pillars came out of. All right, our second question, this listener asks, sometimes I feel like I have nothing left to give anyone in my home and that my family needs more than I have to give. Is this a boundary issue and or a personal issue? And this person is uh, a reflector, so you can uh, take that into consideration. Okay, well, yeah, we, we don't know the specific people that um, ask all of these questions all the time, so we do try to keep the answers general. Uh, we do happen to know that this person is a reflector, as as Aaron said, and that is in the human design, one of the five different types. And it is one of the more challenging types because they are the most empathic or energetic sponges uh, that anyone can really be. And so sensitivities, very high sensitivities to almost everything. Um, Normally when I meet a reflector, uh, I cry with them instantly as my empathic nature can feel their challenges, their pains that they have had to endure that other people just can't understand. So we do want to focus just a little bit on, on that. And for a reflector, 
or anybody that is an empath or an energetic sponge to make sure that you develop a practice of personal time is extremely important. Uh, and by personal time, I mean no input, no output to where you don't have to solve anybody else's problems or your own, that it's just a time to just be. Some people call it meditation. Some people call it contemplation. Some people call it fishing. Some people call it going for a walk. So the main important part from my perspective is, is that you are telling the universe and everybody around you, I'm important too, and that I need my time. You know, I work with uh, couples with children to arrange a day during the weekend or when both parties have off to take three or four hours each to just go do whatever you want to and the other person take care of the kid. Or if somebody stays at home or there's a different arrangement, it doesn't have to be equal because different people need different amounts of alone time. That's important for people to hear. Everybody doesn't need the same amount of alone time. So don't worry about this uh, tit for tat or uh, being equal stuff. We need to look beyond that. And, so, and a reflector does need a large amount of alone time to flush out uh, the energy that they pick up. So working on grounding techniques, very important. Working on clearing techniques, uh, be it sage, be it sound, uh, whatever it is, is very, very important for a reflector. Uh, so removing yourself from the situation and showing uh, that you are working daily to make sure that you are showing yourself that you're important to the divine, to the people around you, and to yourself. And so if that can't happen daily, and I happen to feel that it can for almost anybody because you can go to bed 15 minutes early and maybe get up 15 minutes uh, earlier, and that 15 minutes every day can really turn into a lot. Or you can work it out maybe weekly to get two or three hours each and still have time for family time too. So those are just some general suggestions. But the majority of people that are sensitive to other people's energy or uh, feel empathic or can feel different when certain people are around, more than likely the majority of them have the emotional center in the human design as white, uh, non-activated or open. So being able to get away is very important and teaching the people around you that it's really for your well-being. It's not that you're running from situations or problems, but that you need that time to recharge. You know, sometimes it helps to share this, maybe this clip of the podcast with your family where they hear it from somebody besides yourself, somebody that's neutral. And this is very unfortunate because many times opposites attract. So an emotionally sensitive person will be in a relationship with somebody that's not emotionally sensitive at all. So it creates a communication issue. And so hearing it maybe from a third party can, uh, can help with that. And that's, uh, I'm very comfortable to say, certainly the case with this particular person to ask this question being a reflector because they are an energetic sponge in every area of their being, uh, which makes them an extremely gifted person because they can reflect anything back. They can help uh, just about anybody with any situation when they don't feel under fire, under judgment, or under stress. Um, so, so we could keep talking about this uh, for days. Part of it is setting uh, energetic boundaries, uh, personal boundaries, verbal boundaries, but here's the other key that I really want uh, to get out there, that it's not just what you're doing or what you're not doing, 
but it's the resistance that you're carrying inside. So many times people will begrudgingly or uh, begrudgingly like follow through with something, but the whole time that they're doing it, they're bitter. That drains the energy the most. If you decide to do it and you didn't want to do it, then change your perception and want to do it if you're going to do it. It's what I tell people. If you're, if you're trying to smoke cigarettes, stop smoking cigarettes. And you catch yourself smoking a cigarette. Don't beat yourself up smoking that cigarette. Enjoy that cigarette and then stop again. But many people, when they cheat, they will put guilt on top of the cheat. And that's a double whammy. So the majority of people's energy drain is not what they're doing or not doing, but how they're perceiving what they're doing or not doing. And we can definitely help ourselves out if we're not constantly draining our energy. If we, if we, if our cup is full, we're more apt to follow through on on quitting whatever it is, or or being able to to fill somebody else's cup, right? You know, if yes. ours is full. Yes, yes, and that's why it's not a selfish action. Uh, we got to remember that even in a drowning situation, uh, it is wise to save yourself first and make sure that uh, you're able to help somebody and. Uh, many times in life, we the, there's a lot of uh, people here to be of service and to be and help. And so what they will do is they will put themselves in danger, uh, play the role of a martyr. Um, and because our culture has praised that. And so people feel that if they're going beyond their means, then it means they love more. And so I have a saying that uh, your amount of suffering does not equate to your amount of caring. And so we need to remember that. Uh, so please take care of yourself out there, people. Yeah, I, I was recently on a plane, and I'm pretty sure they said that, you know, if the oxygen masks fall, to make sure that you put yours on first before helping somebody else, even a child. Yes. And so I, I was kind of running concept. through I was kind of running through that scenario in my head, and I was like, how many people would make sure that theirs is on first before helping, the, like, their child? The person not in an emotional reaction. Yeah. 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 And so that's why that is wise. It's not a selfish thing. Um, so you know if you're being selfish, uh, but most of you people that are listening to this and wanting to change, wanting to grow, you are the servers of the world, most of you. And so you are looking to help. And many times we'll look past yourselves. And just to speak to what you were saying, the people that go beyond their means, beyond their energetic means – like you said, they are praised in our society, but most of the time, if they don't, if they don't get that praise or get fed that way, then they become resentful. Yeah, and bitter. Then, and yeah, then, bitter and resentful. Know. And so that energy is going to come back because once you're depleted, uh, it's very challenging to be kind, to be loving, um, to continue to be nurturing. Um, the more depleted you are, the more challenging that is. So that's why you want to suggest to work on it daily and to learn to let things go. You know, just start with letting one thing go uh, every day to that's that's weighing on your thoughts. It's a gradual process. So, you know, practice it and really work with it every day to to work to find something to let go. And that is part of acceptance is when you can just accept the people for the way they are around you rather than wanting them to be different. And when you catch yourself wanting someone to be different than they are, you are wasting your energy. But if you take that intention and you turn around and you inspire them 
by the actions that you do, by the way that you use your words, then that can change a whole tribe, change a whole family. And the ripple effects are incredible, but it's through example, not through words. All right, on to question three. This listener asks, when listening to the previous episode on energetic boundaries, I was wondering if it would also be a boundary issue when trying to manifest or attract certain types of people into my life for friendship and or relationships. What would be the best process for doing this? Mm, Well, that's a good question. I wouldn't necessarily uh, call it boundary issues. Many times when people want to so-called attract a different level of person or group of people into their field, they're looking for inspiration. And many people want to go find who they want to be, find people that inspire them to be who they want to be before they're really, really willing to uh, start effective change. And it is something to attracting uh, the certain vibration that you're at. It's deeper than just that because we attract opposites many times as well. So it's not just as simple as you, uh, you attract what you put out. The way that I would like to answer this question is start working toward that person that you want to be or that person that you want to be with and use your own discipline, your own uh, knowledge to set the bar, so to say, through your example, and then see if that doesn't change the group of people or the type of people that start to come in your field. But this is backwards from what most people do. They look external to find the inspiration, but many times what they find is once they find those people and they may inspire them, then all of a sudden they feel pressure to live up to that. Now I can't hang out with this group if I don't eat the right things, if I don't talk about this, blah, 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 blah. So what do people self-sabotage? By starting to judge those people that originally inspired them. But see, if you don't have the discipline to make the shift and you find the tribe, there's not many people that can make that shift consistently long enough because they're, anytime they get lazy or anytime they don't follow through, now they're not just dealing with themselves, but they're dealing with these other people. And so pressure comes in. So the easiest way to leave pressure is to project judgment. So I just wanted to share that because we all have to do it within. So focus on the change within. What can you do every day to start little changes? Because it doesn't have to be something drastic, just a lot of little things. It's the consistency of it. And then uh, see if the people don't change that are around you. And this is just a different way to approach this so-called manifestation. But whatever you seek outside, go inside first. If you find it there, uh, (laughs) then normally it reveals in front of you not only the same vibration, but your opposite. And sometimes it's nice to be in sync with your same vibration, but many times it's much more useful to be around your opposite. So pay attention because many times what you think that you want is not what you need. And much of happiness is based around those two words, want and need, because we do have everything provided that we need. 
and we should be grateful for what we have. Our wants is what brings in confusion, brings in frustration, brings in all the negative emotions when we don't get what we want. So Jalaluddin Rumi would suggest always question your wants. As soon as they appear, at least dissect them a little bit. Why? Why do I want this? What void am I looking to fill? So here to continue this, what void are you looking for this person or for this group to fill? Because you'll fill it for a little while, but we still got to self-fulfill at some point. Or there's going to be projection that happens. Because the energy needs to be able to run on a current. So, so anyway, I hope that that brings a little bit of light on that because uh, this is very important for people feeling seen, feeling appreciated. Uh, but it does start with the self. And one, this is a very hard lesson I've had to learn myself uh, that you're going to be challenged, you're going to feel judged, you're going to feel ridiculed. When you question yourself of where you're at, who you are, what you're about. When you feel solid in that, other people's judgments, words have less effect on you. So just consider that. Uh, but great question. This question reminds me of, of uh, and, and not to project this on to that listener, but somebody who could be like energetically stuck with the types of people that they are attracting in. So what advice, if it's different, would you give a person who's kind of like stuck and wondering why? Why do I keep attracting the same type of person into my life? Right away, I would suggest to ask, what is the lesson that I'm not getting here? Because I can't seem to break through this uh, limited uh, association. And there's almost always a lesson to get. Many times we just have to open up and say that, I like to suggest for people to say it out loud. Hey, what am I missing here? You know, when I have a, um, a question I like to ask people from time to time, and if Jesus Christ or a wise person walked in the door, do you know what you would ask them? And most people don't have an answer for that. That's always been very confusing for me because the question is always more important than the answer. <laughs> and so... My question has always been and continues to be, and I've utilized it many times around wise people, where am I fooling myself? Please show me where I'm fooling myself. So starting with that is that uh, when you have gotten locked into a rut of any kind, you're fooling yourself, you're justifying something. And Sometimes it's easier for someone outside to see it than it is ourselves. But most of the time, I'm willing to say most people know what it is. And it's probably based around fear, based around something that they, they don't want to break out of their comfortable norm to experience. And anytime you stretch your safety boundaries, not safety as in your um, life, but Anytime you, you stretch your emotional or energetic safety boundaries, uh, it helps us to grow internally. So be strong and stretch those boundaries. But always question yourself and you know, be willing to see that you may, be, you may be fooling yourself and be a little bit more honest. 
All right. And our final question from our listeners is, how can I detach from emotional energy that seems impossible to disconnect from? So uh, uh, another great question. And, um, you know, sometimes it's physical people. Sometimes it's physical issues, uh, groups of people. Sometimes it's our own limiting beliefs that brings these struggles on. And it's in the resistance of it, once again, where we burn the majority of the energy. It's not actually as much in the doing and not doing, but it's in how one thinks about the doing or non-doing. So sometimes people are in awkward situations or temporary situations because of something that's happened in their life. And they find themselves in a living environment or around certain people that make them uncomfortable. And maybe in the past, they're even being able to to get away for one reason or another. And for some reason right now, they just don't feel like they can. Really pay attention to how you're viewing your situation. And I want to suggest gratitude. That if you're in an environment and you have a roof over your head and you have food to eat and you have some love in that environment somewhere, consider yourself being a very lucky person because there's many people that don't have even one of those. So even when the situations are awkward, there's always some gratitude to find in it. And if that is practiced with the intention to change the situation, then bringing that gratitude energy, and we can call it positive if you want to, but bringing that gratitude energy in to be thankful for the person or the situation while you're envisioning the change and setting your intention toward this is just temporary and understand that everything on this plane is temporary. The only consistent is change. And we forget that. And many times when we get in compromised situations, it can just seem like it's going to last forever. And maybe it's been going on for two or three years. Who knows? And you don't see a way out. But you've been safe for those two or three years. So you can physically move yourself from spaces like rooms. You can create, uh, once again, some private time for yourself to, to feel clear. Getting out in nature is going to be one of the very first uh, things I would suggest is to go for a walk. As soon as you feel uh, the energy getting tense or getting off, remove yourself from the situation and go be in nature, go be outside. And while you're outside and you're contemplating, bring in that gratitude piece and go, how can I find gratitude in this? And here's another little tidbit. When people treat us what we view as poorly or incorrectly, look at them as a teacher, as teaching you what not to do to people. And find a way to be grateful to them because if they weren't showing you how that feels, there's a much higher likelihood that you would be playing that role. So let me say that again. Anyone that is in a situation that you don't like the way you're being treated, choose to look at them through, through compassion and see them as a teacher showing you what not to do in this life because this makes people feel bad. And when you can find that gratitude, it takes the resistance away. 
It stops draining your energy. So this is one way to change your internal subtle energy without the external having to change at all. Because what you're working with is changing your perception of what's going on. So this person asked um, or, or said that this energy seems impossible to disconnect from. So would you suggest not disconnecting because you can't? And then like how to live with not disconnecting? Well, you know, the term disconnecting is uh, very interesting. I mean, can you literally not get out of a room with them? Um, if you can, then you can disconnect. But, I mean, you can even disconnect from somebody in the same room. Because uh, energetically, you, it's all about setting your intention. But see, if you ignore, then that energy wants to push back. So this is why you learn to become like almost a martial artist. The more that you can do without anybody knowing that you're doing it, the more successful you're likely to be. My great teacher Sam taught me that true giving is when no one knows that you gave. True helping is when no one knows that you helped. And this is all in the subtle changes. So rather than feeling bombarded by this energy, you can focus on your own body. You can feel the bottoms of your feet. You can start to create these sensations to just exercise every muscle starting at the tips of your toes. And while you're being aggravated by something, change your perception. The three R's. Recognize it. Recognize this energy is bothering me. Respect it. Thank you for being my teacher. Then redirect it. Oh, I'm going to focus on my own body right now. I'm going to focus on some relaxation techniques. I'm going to focus on some breathing. I'm going to pull out my lavender oil spray and I'm going to spray it in my face and feel how calm that helps me to feel. So tools are okay to have, but do it in a way that the other person doesn't necessarily know that you're doing anything. They'll wind up asking you what you're doing. You can actually influence that person and help change that person's life in that moment. But first of all, Learn to find the stillness in the chaos. Now, if you need to take breaks, please do that. But come back into the chaos. Recognize yourself getting frustrated or aggravated. Respect that. Thank them for being that teacher and then redirect your attention or your perception. So many people will have something that they enjoy doing close by, like a crossword puzzle or like drawing or something like that. And you can redirect your attention. But like I said, if you ignore, they can make them even attack more. So that's why learning to have a countenance of neutrality or the way your face looks to, to be soft and to glance up every now and then, give them a little bit of recognition. There are tools that you can use to just not pour gasoline on the fire, so to say. That if you don't put any more wood on the fire, it will eventually die out. So this is energetic martial arts, is that you're just not looking to feed the fire, but at the same time, you're not looking to take it on either. And so a mantra of something like, just inside, this is not mine to take on, and I'm so grateful to be dealing with what I'm dealing with in my life. If you give gratitude, that can, and not judgment toward the other person, because that's what can bring compassion. I'm just so thankful that I'm not going through what they're going through. I'm thankful that I'm not in the negative emotion that they're in. That's still staying out of judgment and just being 
grateful. So you're less likely to take it on. So there is no right and wrong in that. It's just in what you want to experience. And some people like experiencing being in friction. There are, here, there are people here that are just here to provoke, but you don't have to react. So I hope some of these uh, little techniques are, are useful. Would it help if this person feels like at any time this energy can like come at them and they feel like they have to be present to entertain it, would it help to for maybe them to voice a boundary to that person? Like maybe, um, you know, well, could you ask if, if I'm available before we have a conversation? Like kind of like set, try to set like a time period of when they could be open to them so that they can give them their full attention to whatever it is? Yes, those techniques are wonderful and helpful when both parties are willing to participate. Um, many times when a certain technique like that is suggested is when there's friction around, and it doesn't often work out or be well-received. So I like to suggest to try to initiate something like that when things are good and just say, you know, it, bring it up in general. I'm really looking at just my energetic boundaries and um, how I give my attention away and I can get off focus so easily. So I'm trying to ask people around me to kind of knock on my door before just busting in and saying something to me because it gets me off track. And so that would just be really helpful that if you want my attention to just maybe ask a question of, do you have a moment and then give me the room to say either yes or I can be with you in like 15 minutes. So I do like those uh, suggestions and techniques. If the other person doesn't necessarily agree with it uh, or is willing to work with it, then that's where this other kind of energetic martial arts kind of comes in. And if you see that rejection, it's fine to check in every now and then. But many times once there's a rejection, there's going to be rejection until they make a shift. So this is why it can be very helpful to just work on yourself first because, remember, these people are playing roles for us. And as we learn the lesson, they stop playing those roles with us. It doesn't mean that they stop playing the role with everybody in their life because some people are just going to play those roles. But they will. I've proven this hundreds of times. Many, many times they will stop treating you that way when it doesn't bother you anymore. So accept that person for who they are and don't want or need them to change. Work on changing yourself. Work on changing your perceptions. Work on change, but stop working on changing someone else or wanting them to change. And I think your energy will be a whole lot more useful. All good stuff. Um, hopefully you guys are able to listen to these questions and then look at some of the issues that are going on in your life at the present time and maybe try to uh, see yourself in some of these and apply the wisdom that Alexander has shared to that and let us know how it all works out for you. Yeah, so we love to hear feedback and more questions. Uh, reach out to our podcast uh, community and uh, we look forward to being in touch and thank you as always for your support. We appreciate it monetarily or through sharing um, anything that you can uh, do for us, we, we appreciate. All right. Now stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness. Enjoy.
We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is 
wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T-P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y dot com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verity's Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment. It's sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.